the Erie Otters, Connor McDavid. From the London Knights, Mitch Marner. From the Western Hockey League's Brandon Wheat Kings, Nolan Patrick. This is Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. He checks an enormous amount of boxes. Nobody in this draft did more with less. I absolutely love him. It's not his skills that anybody's concerned about. It's that playing attitude. And quite frankly, it's really poor. Speeding towards the future of the NHL. From the U.S. Development Program, Jacob Truba. From Faryastad of the Swedish Elite League, Jonas Brodin. From the Boston U Terriers, Brady Kachuk. He could play in the NHL next year. He's one of those guys. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to Tracking the Draft with Craig Button, Episode 6. The stars of tomorrow are discovered here. We'll be bringing in the Director of Scouting for TSN, Craig Button, in just a few minutes. But here's what we have lined up for you today. On top shelf talent, of course, we're talking about Alexi Lafreniere after the draft lottery. There's going to be a lot of Lafreniere talk on this episode, rightfully so. Next wave will be featuring Jacob Truscott of the U.S. National Development Program, a blue liner, and a big forward Jack Finley, son of an NHLer, played in Spokane. Also, Time Machine will have a Finnish forward who played five games in the Liga, and uh, compared to a past Stanley Cup champion. As for our trivia segment, throw it out here right now. You can ponder it, hopefully without looking it up. But the New York Rangers have drafted first overall once before winning the first overall pick in this year's draft. How many NHL games did the player they drafted play? The Rangers have drafted first overall once before. How many games did that player play? We'll give you the answer a little bit later on. Try not to uh, look it up if possible. And of course, Craig joins us on the UFFS hotline. Check it out at UFFSports.com. Become a scout. Track the same players that Craig Button does. There is still time for you to get in as a scout. The first auctions for prospects start Saturday. So you got to get to the website, uffsports.com, sign up. You'll still get a bonus when you do, which actually gives you money to start bidding on those prospects. This is the easily the most realistic fantasy hockey platform and fantasy sports platform because they're going to be branching out at some point that there is out there. Right now, the Stanley Cup playoffs are going on, and so are our playoffs. We have a redraft at the end of the season uh, for fantasy teams that don't make the playoffs but still have NHL players on them, and we get to continue. It is so awesome. There is so much. These players aren't just fantasy players. They're digital assets that you can buy and and sell uh, using the blockchain. It is simply outstanding, and we thank them for their participation uh, in this show, Craig is actually uh, the head scout for high-level scouting in Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports. That's actually a scouting agency that my wife started. She's from high-level Alberta. And she grew up with uh, Jeff Sanderson. So she thinks she knows all this thing about scouting and hired Craig to uh, bird dog for her. And she'll be in the auction on Saturday. So check it out, uffsports.com and become a scout and track the same guys that 
Craig Button does. All right, uh, some news, and this is going to be dominated by Alexei Lafreniere. The lottery took place, the New York Rangers won, and man, uh, I got to think that uh, the league was so relieved. Like, I can only imagine what Gary Bettman's reaction would have been had the Oilers or the Penguins won the draft lottery. As it is, the Rangers get it, and the league is happy. So anyway, he goes to Broadway. He's a star, and he's confident. You have to be to be that good, and I think it's a great situation for him. I just, it just would have been so bad had Edmonton, Pittsburgh, or Toronto won that lottery. None of these teams were, uh, to, let me be clear, none of these teams should have even had a shot at Lafreniere. It's the draft lottery should only include teams that don't make the playoffs or qualify, whatever the hell you want to call it. But anyway, he goes to New York. It's a great situation. And I, I, I put a poll question out is, could this guy get 90 points next year? Probably I'm overestimating uh, his impact, but what I compare it to is Matthew Barzell, 85 points in his first season. Yes, Barzell was 20, but Lafreniere turns 19 in October. And Lafreniere is a much better player. Well, much, but a better player, a more special, more gifted player, I think, than Matthew Barzell. Matthew Barzell is a really good player. Uh, but if, so that's where I think 90 points come, come in. The other thing is, is this guy has a better supporting cast than any first overall pick in the last little while. Zabanishad, Panarin, Kreider, Capocaco, they need help on the blue line, but we'll see. And that's where some people have suggested trading the first overall pick because they need some help on the back end and they could use a, a center. You know, you got Mika Zibanejad and, and Ryan Strom as an, an RFA. And listen, Ryan Strom uh, is a much better player uh, than what the uh, the Oilers got out of him. And even still, the Oilers should not have traded Ryan Strom when they did. I don't know if he was going to develop into what he has with the Rangers uh, in Edmonton, but he ended up with some pretty good chemistry with uh, Panarin. So the, the, the big talk is that, yeah, Lafreniere is great, but he's a left winger. The Rangers want a center. Well, the New York or the LA Kings have the second overall pick, and there's a giant center in uh, in Byfield uh, staring at them. So there's a lot of suggestions of trading down, taking the center, and trying to get some blue line help. I wouldn't do it. I, I would just take Lafreniere, work him into your lineup, and uh, the Rangers have uh, I have I think they have a lot to work with. Uh, you know, maybe they can spend a little bit of money. I'm not sure. They have a really good system. Not a lot of centers in the system, but maybe they can use some of those guys to go out and get a center at some point. And by the way, the number one pick won't go to Europe or to uh, Ramuski when camp opens. Instead, he will train near his home and wait for the uh, Rangers training camp to start, which is uh, a no-brainer. Uh, this guy's going to be on the opening day roster uh, for New York, so uh, you might as well just stick around. And, you know, the, the WHL has pushed back the start of their season to December. So um, like the NHL, uh, these junior guys are going to be waiting around. And it's 
you know, it's a gray, a bit of a gray area for some guys, for sure. Um, you know, especially some players from the United States about, you know, when they come across the border, et cetera, and all how all that works. Okay. That's uh, some news and notes uh, from around the prospect world. Right after this, we're going to bring in the head scout for the, for the, uh, for TSN, the director of scouting, Mr. Craig Button. Here he is, the director of scouting for TSN, former GM of the Calgary Flames, and a Stanley Cup champion with the Dallas Stars. Plus, he's a sharp-dressed man with a heart of gold and a passion to match it. Craig Button. By the way, Craig helped me out with uh, an article I wrote this week uh, for my blog at podcastalley.ca on just what is a generational player. We're going to discuss it uh, when it comes to uh, Alexis Lafreniere in this episode. But if you want to read more about my thoughts and his thoughts on what is a generational player and who those generational players are, uh, check it out at podcastalley.ca. Let's get to the vital stats now. with a Lafreniere, pokes it ahead, still has it, rolling puck, Lafreniere works in, shoots, scores! What a goal by Alexi Lafreniere! A superstar in the making! Lafreniere, the left winger from Ramouski, born in Saint-Eustache, Quebec, 6'1", 192 pounds. In just 52 games last year, he had 35 goals, 77 assists for 112 points, and he is ranked number one on the Craigslist. Trescott moving in with Berard. Bouncing. Trescott to the hashback. Score! Jacob Trescott, a defenseman with the U.S. National Development Program, was born in Fort Grady, Michigan. He's 6 feet, 172 pounds, in 47 games with the U.S. program last year. He potted 5 goals, 16 assists for 21 points. He is ranked 59th on the Craigslist. Finley splitting defenders, shoots and scores! And Jack Finley is a center with Spokane. He was born in Kelowna, BC. Six foot five, 207 pounds. 61 games with the Chiefs. He had 19 goals, 38 assists for 57 points, and is ranked 71st on the Craigslist. And in Time Machine, it's a two time Stanley Cup champion compared to a Finnish sniper. And we'll also take a look to 2021 where there's a Chris Pronger comparison. Market picks his pocket. In on Fane, the shot he Let's check out some top shelf talent. Off the bar and in over the glove hand. Another rifle shot up to the upper right hand corner. That's a beautiful goal right there. Holy smokes. Top shelf. as we explore first round potential. From the Halifax Mooseheads, Nathan McKinnon. McKinnon through traffic, McKinnon goes down, the shot, and scores! Nathan 
Craig, who else could we go with for our top shelf talent than the top shelf talent? Alexei Lafreniere, left winger with Ramuski, ranked number one on the Craigslist. And the draft lottery just took place, so we know he's going to end up in New York. Before we get into any of that, you and I have talked about there are different levels of players. There are different levels within a team, first line, second line, third line, etc. And there are different levels of players. And at the top is a generational player. And then I think you get to superstars and stars. And that generational club is, is a very elite club. I do not think, have not heard anything about Alexei Lafreniere being in that club, more in the, the superstar club. You know, is he on par with the guys like uh, Matthews, Tavares, McKinnon, Stamkos in, in, in past number one picks? Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that, Dean. I, you know, when I've looked at the last 10 years of first overall picks, I think that he falls behind the three M's, uh, McDavid, McKinnon, and Matthews. And, you know, you know, Jack Hughes uh, was, a, was a star player and absolutely, in my view, the best player available for the 2019 NHL draft. But, uh, and I think the same thing about Lafreniere, but uh, not in the category of, of McDavid as a generational player, but certainly, you know, a, a player that has all the makings of being a star player. And I, I have no doubt about that because from uh, his midget AAA year, through three years in uh, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, he, he has been all of that and and never disappointed. He was so exciting and so fun to watch here in Edmonton at the uh, Ivan Halenka, uh, where Western Canadians, I think, really got excited about this guy, having not really see him, seen him as much. From the first time you saw him play to the last time, is there one area of his game that you thought he really improved the most? See, that's a good question, Dean. And, you know, like... What I see with Alexi is, is this continuous uh, ability to, to push his game to a higher level. So, you, you know, that when you watch him play, you know, he, he's not going to give you the razzle-dazzle end-to-end shifts, uh, those types of highlight-type plays. But what he gives you is, is that meaningful, substantive play in every single area of the game. And, you know, obviously as you get older and you're playing against uh, better competition, the focus that opponents put on you is far greater. And, you know, you watch how players adapt to it. You watch how players handle it. And no drop at all whatsoever in his play. And I, I think that that speaks to not only the, the skill that he has, uh, not only the sense and understanding of the game that he has, but also his willingness and his ability to push through obstacles and to understand what is what he's being confronted with and to find a way to be just as successful. You know, we talk about players and we go, oh, is he a big game player or whatnot? I think that Alexi dials into every single area of the game. Like, he, it, it might be a, a play in the second period that he goes, you know what, I'm going to treat this every bit as important as an overtime game. But because he treats the second period the same as an overtime situation, he's able to excel uh, in the overtime with, with, with quite a bit of what I, would, I wouldn't call it ease. But, but, but he, he understands that all these different situations matter, and I want to matter in the game. And I think that that speaks to his maturity and you know the, that ability to be that significant difference maker. You, you don't do what he did. At, at every yeah. level. I mean, you just don't. I mean, I mean, at, at the under 18 as a 16 year old, he went there. I mean, he was Canada's top scorer. He was one of the best goal scorers there. 
the Holinka, you talked about it, the MVP, you know, CHL Player of the Year two times. Only Sidney Crosby has done that. You know, MVP at the World Junior Tournament. I mean, time and time again, you know, he, he, he ends up being the best player uh, in best-on-best best competition. And, you know, you, you've got to continuously show that as you go up the levels. And, you know, whether that be the U-17, whether it be the U-18, whether it be the Ivan Holinka Gretzky Tournament, uh, whether it be the World Junior Tournament, that's all he does. He ends up being the best player every single time. Yeah, his his rookie season in the in the Quebec League was uh, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, well, and, let me just add something to that. You know, he's the first six. He was the, also he was the first sixteen year old in the Quebec League to score forty or more yeah. goals as a sixteen year old yeah. since Crosby. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he played in Ramouski. You know, he had two time CHL Player of the Year. You know, there, there, there's there's some uh, coincidences. You know, with his intersection with Ramouski and what he's accomplished. To the same thing that Crosby accomplished. Yeah, yeah, it's it's eerie uh, similarities. Uh, we when we talked about, uh, uh, I think it was uh, Cole Perfetti. You said you gave him a six out of five on IQ for for um, you know, hockey sense. What about with Lafreniere? Is he just like five out of five on everything? You know, offense, skating, all around play. Is he just you know like the top of the charts in every category when you look at him? Yeah, I mean, the, the only thing he wouldn't be a five in is skating. Okay. But, you know, it's still, it's still, it's, yeah. it's still very, very strong. I mean, I, I reserve the fives, you know, for, you know, the McKinnons. And, you know, there's a, there, there's a couple of fives in this draft. I mean, Caden Gooley, I think, is a five skater. Okay. I think he's that good. But Lafreniere on a five scale is a four or five. He's quick, he's fast, he's powerful, he's agile. You know, he changes speed. Those are all things. But, you know, he just doesn't have that. That, that that one uh, separating area that puts them into the five, but you know you don't need to be a five to be mm-hmm. an exceptional player. And you know for for Alexi, you know it, it, I, I don't know what his weakness is. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 you try to look at what a potential weakness could be. Uh, I've watched him a long time. I've watched him since he was in midget. I've watched him through three years of uh, the Quebec League international competition. Uh, I'm still looking for that weakness, and uh, I, I, I might be looking for a long time because uh, I don't see one. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you if there's any red flags in his game, and, and his personality seems to be uh, just perfect. He's very confident, but he's not cocky. He just knows he can get the job done, and I like what you said earlier. Um, he, he's not flashy. He just gets it done, and you know, he's not... Um, I, I don't know. I, I just find uh, I, I don't want to say use the word simple, but his game he just he just seems to make everything seem so simple and ca- not casual, but but easy. And and he doesn't seem like he's a very uh, flashy personality, uh, but also seems like a very sure of himself young man. If that makes sense. Yeah, he is. He's sure of himself, and you you can't have the success that he has without being sure of yourself. And I, and I think that's a that's a great trait. I think to be a top performer, you have to have a great belief in yourself, and uh, you know, to be able to go out and perform at the highest level when everybody's trying to stop you. So you know, that being said, but you you know, you also have to be you know what 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 I call you know true to yourself. You have to be true to to who you are, and. You know, when you're, when you're Connor McDavid and, and you're a great skater, well, use that skating. And uh, I, I go back to Guy Lafleur. Guy Lafleur had flair. You know, he was mm-hmm. that type of, uh, of 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 a player. You know, Alexi's different, and you know, he he he's got a different style to him. But 
his style is no less significant. It's just not the same as other players that might have more of that. And I, I think that at times, Dean, we look from the outside in and go, well, you know, he, he doesn't have a lot of flash and dash. Yeah, okay, that's great. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. What is he yeah. as a player? And, and in you, I think he nailed it. You know, what, what area of the game can you not put him in where he won't excel? And, you know, and what, what, there's none. I mean, as a, as a winger, he's very unique because a lot of wingers depend on others to get them the puck and, get, you know, to take advantage of their skills. Alexi benefits from that. But he makes everybody around him better, and that's that is one of the unique qualities about Alexis Lafreniere and about players that are at the top of their draft class. And I'll, I'll make I've made this statement. I mean, I know lots of people talk about who could be better potential. Alexis Lafreniere is the best player in the 2020 draft. He he is the best player, and he's also turning. 19 in October and he already looks physically mature. That's going to help him with the transition to the NHL. Let's talk about the fit on this New York Ranger team. And, and, and I think like Matthew Barzell had an 85 point season as a 20 year old, Lafreniere comes in and I think of a lot of rookies in the last little while, he also has a really good supporting cast around him. I mean, the Rangers, you know, have put, they've got a guy coming off a heart trophy nomination in Panarin and, and everybody else. So he's not going to have to be the star. He's got a good supporting cast. What kind of an impact do you think he has next year? Well, I, I think he's a leading candidate for Rookie of the Year. I don't think there's any question he's a 60-plus uh, point player. And, you know, you go to a better team with more skill around you, there's two things that it does. It affords you uh, the opportunity to be as productive as you possibly can. Number two, it doesn't put uh, undue pressure on you. And by that, I'm not talking about pressure to perform. I'm talking about, you know, being put into situations that you might not be ready for, being mm-hmm. put into situations that, you know, you, you know, as much as you might be willing, you're, you're just not quite capable. Jack Hughes is a heck of a talent. But, you know, in New Jersey this year, he wasn't capable of doing some of the things that he's going to be capable of as he gets older and more mature. And that's just, that's just the way it's going to be. But, you know, for Alexi with the physical maturity, with the team that he's going to, you know, it's, it, it's something that's going to really help him because also for David Quinn, David Quinn is a player that can, uh, you know, understand, okay, this might be a little bit too much for him right now. I'm going to hold him back. And, uh, you know, you, you when you got Panera and you got Zabanajad and Chris Kreider and good players in front of you, you know, you, you don't have to feel that sense of having to do everything on your own. And when you're the first overall pick, hey, they, they not only want to come in and show how good they are, they want to come in and, and, and make a difference. So easing that on him, I, I think absolutely benefits Alexi and by extension, the New York Rangers. Time for the next wave. Score! Braden Point got it done. 35 seconds into overtime. There are great players. Ryan O'Reilly, come get the Conn Smythe Trophy. Superstars. Puck comes free, score! From Craig Bergeron, who tied the game and won it in overtime. Even Hall of Famers after the first round. Becky All right, Craig, on to the next wave. And uh, the first player we're talking about is Jacob Truska, a defenseman with the U.S. National U.S. National Development Program, ranked 59th on the Craigslist. Uh, he grew up in Michigan, 
played for the U.S. National Development Team, which is in Michigan, and is going to Michigan University. So it's really good for his friends and family that get to watch him play. How about his upcoming development with the Wolverines? Is this a guy that you think uh, could really benefit from going the college route? Well, I don't have any question about it. I, you know, Jacob was a player. You know, you come into the national team development program, and there's a lot of different players that come in there, you know, that have uh, had different types of games at the, at the younger ages. And, you know, the more I watch the, the team, the more that Jacob continued to show this progression in, in his play. And, you know, the maturity that comes with, you know, not only, not only, you know, the training and the coaching you get, but also the understanding of how you fit and how you can contribute and then expanding your game. I continuously saw that with Jacob. I think he's a really good skater. I think he's really good with the puck. I think he's got a really good sense of the game. And, you know, at times you come into a scenario and you, you might not be, you know, the, the big dog, the big man on campus, so to speak, with the National Team Development Program. And, and you kind of, you, you do things, you try to fit in. But what I, what I really loved about Jacob is his, there was this expansion of his game, a comfort level that I can do more and I'm going to do more. And I'm, and, and I'm going to show you I can do more. And, and I think he just gained confidence of, about not only his own abilities, but where those abilities could impact the game. Now, going to the University of Michigan, I, I think he just builds on that. I, you, you know, there's a good class of, of freshmen coming in there, uh, Owen Power and Kent Johnson, who are certain first-round picks in the 2021 draft. Brendan Brisson's going in there. Jacob Truscott is, is, is coming in there. So it's a really good, talented group of freshmen. So I think that, again, he, he, he's going to be able to build on, on, on that entire uh, background and experience he went through with the national team development program. And I really, I really like them. And I really think that there's a lot of what I would call uh, potential uh, for him to just continuously get better. I, you, you know, I don't say this, you, you know, a lot about players that, you know, might be a second or third round draft pick, but I don't really see flaws in his game. I, I see a player that, that needs development and needs the patience and the time and I think that's what the University of Michigan affords them. Well, it's so interesting. So many times uh, people can get caught up in how good is this player now, which is obviously yep. part of the equation, but you're ultimately hoping this player is better in a few years when he's on your NHL team. So what are some of the things you think he might be able to add to his game as he develops or or improve that, that he can work on? Well, like I think, Dean, like you, you make a good point. The key with a 17, 18 year old draft is being able to project where these players are going to be at 21 or 22. So, you know, when you start to watch a player and, and, and you, and you get the benefit of watching them at 16 through 18, and now you're going to try to project what that means going forward. Well, there, there, I don't care who you are. There, there's qualities you need to possess to be able to advance to the national hockey league, hockey sense, you know, skating ability, you know, understanding of what your game is and playing to, 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 to that game. And then, you know, as you work with players and players are willing to, to, to work on their own development on and off the ice, you, you know, and their understanding, well, now you've got a chance to expand your game. Listen, if Jacob Truscott was like his skills were a little bit better or a little bit more obvious now, you, you, you might say, oh, he's a first-round draft pick. Mm -hmm. But just because he's not today doesn't mean – he can't be a really good player down the road. And I see him clearly as a second pair defenseman. And 
Last time I looked, every single team in the National Hockey League needs two second-pair defensemen. <laughs> so, that, so right away, that means you need 62. There's pretty soon 64 defensemen that are going to be able to fill that role for you. I think Jacob Truscott absolutely fills that role. I think you have to be realistic about what his potential is. You know, you know, don't project him to be a top pair defenseman because I don't think he, he, he has those qualities. But when I see a player that can handle the game and handle the pressures in the game and the challenges in the game, you know, and contribute in a, in a really steady, consistent, competitive way, that's what I see in Jacob Truscott. And so that, that, that's where I project him to be. Hey, listen, if he ends up being better than that, great. But yeah. I, I, like, I, I hear that, oh, well, what is he? Well, well what's wrong with a second-pair defenseman? Yeah. What's, what's wrong with an Essa Lindell? Essa Lindell was a second-round pick. He's a really, really good defenseman. And there's a lot of them in the National Hockey League uh, that, that, that fill that area. And we can look at what they don't have. Well, that's why they're not a first-round pick. That's why they're not going to be a top-pair defenseman. But don't diminish what they're going to be with respect to a really good, solid, in my view, second-pair defenseman. Is this a guy, he seems to be able to use his skating mobility really well to be so dependable in his own end. Is he a guy that would have maybe benefited from more viewings like at the U18 Worlds that were unfortunately canceled? Do you, you know, is there a situation where maybe you think scouts are maybe, oh, I wonder about this guy, and then they see him and he impresses him more and, he, and you know, makes a better impression? Could he have used that Worlds, or do you think people are pretty set on what he is going into the draft? I'm really not sure, Dean. You know, it's a good question. I think that the the, the under-18 uh, championships is is a best-on-best best tournament. You get to evaluate players against uh, their peer group, players that are going to be drafted. Lots of players are going to be drafted in the upcoming draft. So, you, you, you know, in terms of, you know, feeling confident about your assessment, you, you, you don't get the same level of confidence having not watched that. But what I would say, if, you, if you've done your work and, you, and you've watched, because, you know, he's played in lots of international tournaments. He's played against a lot of the European players uh, that, that are going to go in the draft. Scouts have had more than enough time and more than ample opportunity to watch him play. But, again, like, you know, I think it's the same with all players. You know, what you're trying to do is, is gain, you know, as much confidence in, in that's our guy and mm-hmm. that's who we want. And, and, and that's what you know, the, the, the cancellation of the under-18s did, the cancellation of the CHL playoffs, the NCAA uh, playoffs, college playoffs, the USHL and the European uh, playoffs. Everybody missed that. But, you know, again, in terms of, uh, of evaluating what a player is, like I said, more than ample opportunity to do that. Craig Button joins us courtesy of the UFFS hotline. The scouting auction goes this weekend. We're in the playoffs right now with our franchises, but scouting is, it's a big weekend this weekend. I know uh, Trish, my wife, uh, who has you uh, aboard on high-level scouting, uh, will be uh, uh, sending out uh, furious emails to you about players that she should be trying to uh, pick up. People can find more information at uffsports.com. Are are you confident heading into this uh, scouting auction weekend for high-level scouting? Oh, absolutely, I'm confident. And you know what what I love about it the most is is that, you know, you, you have to say, this player yeah. or that player at that situation, right? So again, we talk about confidence and saying it, but you know, if you if you look at it and understand what your what the desires are, and in this case, you know, you, the manager has uh, set her sights on how she wants her team to look. So if I don't provide the uh, the right intel, 
it's going to become pretty obvious and I might be looking for a job if I don't. <laughs> She's unforgiving from what I read. You know, yes, hey, to be at the top, well, to be at the top of your game, you got you, you to gotta put demands on. You got to have high expectations. If I don't deliver, hey, listen, she'll probably find somebody else to try to deliver for her. Uh, other scouts can still get in the game and there's still bonuses available. Check it out at uffsports.com, the most realistic fantasy platform out there all right let's talk jack finley a center for spokane ranked 71st on the craigslist one of the youngest but one of the biggest players in the draft he's six five was it hard to believe watching him that he's 17 uh no because okay. i've watched jack since he i've watched jack since he was 14 you know uh you know son of former nhl jeff finley mm-hmm. you know jack was a player that was uh talked about young at a young age you know i i, I got lucky in being able to see him play as a bantam only because I'd happened to be in the Okanagan and my cousin lives there. So I've gone to see a couple of Bantam games, you know, uh, with some other, and, you know, Jack was there. So, you know, when you're, when you're 14 and you're that big and 15 and you're that big, I mean, there's a, there's an awkwardness to you. And there's a, you know, the coordination, you're, you're kind of like that, you know, that, that baby giraffe trying to get everything in order. And I think that that's where, where Jack is. And, you know, one of the other things, too, is is that Jack was a very gifted, skilled player. And, you know, he could keep everybody at bay. You know, he could hold the puck and try to, see, you know, play keep away, try to keep it away from me. He, here's a couple of the things that I really feel that Jack has really done exceptionally well over the course of the last year. So, you know, you, you, come, into your, you, you, you come into your draft year, you end up with the U18 team uh, trying to – he doesn't make it. Okay. And, you know, you learn that, hey, you know, maybe I'm not, you know, I can't do the same things, but what do I have to do now to be effective with my stuff? And, you know, I thought that Jack really learned, you know, it's one thing when you get the puck out in front of you and other players can take the puck away from you and knock your stick and take it and, and it doesn't matter that you're six foot five. Right. You, you got, you got to get in there and assert and use your body to protect the puck and use your body to say, yeah, you're going to come through my body to get to the puck. You're not going to just be able to knock it off my stick. I, I thought he became much more uh, confident and aware of how that size, how that length works for him and works to his advantage. And secondly to that, I mean, as you become stronger, you also become a, a little bit more confident in being assertive. And and I saw a, a, a real significant uh, jump up in his assertiveness. I, I, I don't think Jack lacks competitiveness, and maybe people might have suggested that. I just think that he that he had to, as he matured, gain that confidence in being more assertive. Because when you're when you're younger and you're you're the best player, and he was, and you, and nobody can really get the, you don't really have to be assertive at, at times, and 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 that's not a that's not an inherent flaw I saw in Jack. It was a developmental flaw. So those two areas, I really saw him really take his game to another level. It's interesting to me, there's a player playing with Carolina Hurricanes. And uh, he went through a draft. And I remember going back and watching in Tri-Cities the next year. And and I'd seen him lots. I'd seen him lots because uh, they had a first-round pick in Tri-Cities. You know who I'm talking about? Um, First, I thought it was Jordan Martinuk, but I'm not sure now. I was watching Yusuf Alamaki. Okay. But, but, and when you're watching, you, you know, you're watching players come through there, right? And Morgan Geeky right. went through a draft. 
Morgan Geeky went through a draft, okay? And then you go back and you watch and you go, ooh, who is this guy, right? And I see some similarities between Jack and Morgan Geeky. Morgan, in his first draft year, you know, people say, oh, he went through a draft. Oh, they, no, nobody missed him. It just, it just was one of those scenarios where he wasn't ready to show everything he had. Right. I think that Jack expectations were high on him being a high pick in the Western League draft. You know, but I see Jack really growing. Hey, Morgan Geeky was great for the Carolina Hurricanes farm team when they won the American Hockey League championship. He's playing right. He's playing now with the Carolina Hurricanes. I think he's going to be a really good player for a lot of years. But again, it not only speaks to understanding where players are at, mm-hmm. but watching that progression. And certainly uh, Jack could uh, absolutely fit that criteria. And you, you know, for me, I got the benefit again. I, you've heard me say this probably a few too many times. You know, if the draft is at the end of June, you, you got to have your list right in order, and that's your list at that day and time. Well, the draft's not going to be to October. Right. I continue to get to evaluate uh, through different through different mediums and forms, and you know, also test myself talking to other people and everything. And Jack Finley's going higher up on my list. That's good to know. He's a big guy. A lot of those big guys, as they're growing, it's hard to, as you mentioned, the coordination and, you know, getting used to a different almost skating stride. And I'd imagine this guy would be almost immovable in front of the net. How is he in tight with the hands? It's one thing to to be a better door than a window in front of a goalie. It's another thing to be able to scoop up those loose pucks and put them away. Wow, he can handle the puck in tight. And he Perfect. can make plays in tight. And, you know, when you talk about uh, the ability to, to to make those plays in and around the net and be an offensive player, yeah, Jack has those. He, he, what, 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 I, what I call those types of hands, I, I, I call those finishing hands. You know, when you build a house, you know, you, 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 need, your, you need different types of carpenters. You need your finished carpenters. And then you need the guys that are going to put up the frame. They're, they're going to put up the frame, right? They're very different skills. Jack has the finishing hand. Where we're going, we don't need roads. Hop into the tracking the draft time machine. Get the puck on the move. He reminds me so much of James Neal. I think he's a better goal scorer than Billy Garrett. He's the best goal scorer in the draft. And let's see what we can learn from a past player when looking at this year's crop. Plays like John Carlson. So what do those guys do? They're able to make the plays in the offensive zone. Like Brock Besser, he's got the deadly accuracy. Nikita Kucherov immediately came to mind when I saw him play two years ago. All right, in Time Machine, we're going to go back in time to compare somebody to the 2020 draft and then go ahead of time to take a look at the 2021 draft. Where are we going as far as back in time to the 2020 draft? Oh, so, so currently 2020 draft, you we're going to, we're going to jump on Robbie or uh, you know, a real good left winger uh, playing in, in Finland. And, you know, a player that, again, I've watched for a number of years and, and all he's done is continuously improved his game. And, and, you know, similar, uh, the players like that, that are a little bit taller, a little bit gangly, not as physically mature at a younger age, you know, you, you can see that they have some skills and you're watching. But really, what becomes becomes it's like it's like watching it's like watching uh, a loaf of bread rise as you as you as you cook <laughs> it, right? You know, you, you know when it starts off like you're not going to eat the bread, and then you see, oh yeah, and then you start to see it 
you know, rise. And, and as it cooks through, it, you go, well, geez, I can hardly wait to slice into this. Yeah. Well, that's how I feel about Robbie Urbenti. A very excellent skater, a really, really good skater who uses it to impact the game for checking, you know, be disruptive, you know, create chances in many different ways with that skating. But, you know, as he's matured, he's also now harder to knock off the puck. He's harder to stop from getting to where he wants to get to. He's more confident making plays with the puck. He's more confident shooting the puck. So this continuous evolution of all the areas of his game, for me, has been really impressive. I mean, if you ask me, I mean, I get this question all the time. People go, who are the risers? And everybody wants to know, well, who's rising from, from the bottom of the first round into the top ten? Well, Robbie Urbenti, to me, is, is one of those risers because watching him over time, he, just better and better and better and better every single time. I think he's really good. Now, the guy I go back to, and I'm, I'm going I'm to compare him more to where he was at, where he's at now in his NHL career and what he's done in his NHL career. And, you know, when I consider w- w- what he is, I look at Brandon Sod. he's a Brandon Saad type of player, I think. That type of player that, you know, can play with really good players. That can play in different situations. You can move him around your lineup. He can kill penalties, but he's quick, he's fast, he's hard when he needs to be. And and I think players like Brandon Saad, I mean, it's no accident he won two Stanley Cups. I think players like that become really, really important to the success of a team. And I think Robbie Urvente can have a similar type uh, impact on a team. Do, do I think he's going to be a top, top winger? No. But do I think he's going to be an important winger on a good team? Absolutely. Assad uh, had a 31-goal season uh, with Columbus before coming back to uh, the uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. Is do you see um, in in uh, in this player, uh, Robbie Jarventi, uh, a guy who might be able to have the similar goal total, more goal totals? I've I've read that he has a dynamic shot, which is fair. But here's what I would say to you, Dean: is is that Brandon Saad's not a thirty goal scorer. He scored yeah. thirty one once. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, yeah, I, so, it's fair. So so the the way I describe Brandon Saad is not as a thirty goal scorer, but as an all round player that can be important to your team in so many different ways. So that's where I see Robbie. Okay. Maybe he'll score 30 one day, maybe, but he's not a 30-goal scorer. That's how I see him. So, you know, I think, again, when you, you when we talk about players, and I always say, what's your calling card? A player has to know what his calling card is. If, if you're going to try to be something you're not, you're not going to be very good at it. So you better know what your, what your skill set is. You better know what your attributes are. And if by extension – you, 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 you can end up scoring 30 goals one year. Great. That's awesome. But don't start thinking you're a 30 goal scorer. Yeah, it's interesting. Brandon Saad started out with the national development team, uh, ended up in uh, Saginaw. Uh, where do you, what do you see with this uh, youngster next year? Do you see him playing in the uh, Finnish elite league? Uh, what, what, what do you see him doing? Well, he's going to have games in the Finnish uh, elite league, play on the world junior team. I think he's got every opportunity to be a member of the world junior team for Finland. You know, and so, I mean, again, like he, he, he's not a player that's going to advance mm-hmm. here and in in, into the NHL in the next two years. He, you know, gets drafted, you know, p- p- plays in the SM Liga, plays at the world junior level. And then as a 19 year old, you know, probably more regular in the SM Liga, you know, becomes more of a factor uh, in the world junior group. And then. You know, where, where, where will we be at at 20? I mean, it's two years. But, you know, before I, before 
he's ready to play in the NHL, and I mean contribute in the NHL, I think he's going to probably uh, need some time in uh, in the, another year in the SM Liga as a 20-year-old or he comes over and plays in the American Hockey League. But I think at 21 is really when you're going to be looking at this player coming in and being a contributor to your team and being comfortable being a contributor. All right. Earlier, uh, we talked about uh, a player going to Michigan, and you mentioned the name uh, Owen Power. That's where we're going for 2021. Hey, it's a great name. Like anytime you have power in your name, uh, it's great, especially when you're six foot five. So tell us about this young man. Listen, he 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 very well could end up being the first overall pick. I mean, we talked about Atu Ratty, who I think is a, is a guy leading the leading the pack for the 2021 draft, the Finnish centerman. Owen Powers right there with him, and his game as a defenseman, he controls the game. And and, and the comparable I've used for him is is Chris Pronger. Wow, you know he's long, he's lanky. He's not mean like Chris Pronger, so I don't want to, you, you know, present that part. Not of the many game. are, Craig. Eh? No, there you go. You're right. Not many. <laughs> very few have been, and 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 mean and vicious. Chris yeah. was mean and vicious, uh, but but Chris controlled the game. He mm-hmm. controlled the game. I remember, I remember being at a junior game in uh, Peterborough, and uh, Dennis Patterson, longtime scout with the. Uh, uh, Philadelphia Flyers. I uh, we worked together in Minnesota for a number of years, and we're watching Pronger. And Dennis was a defenseman. He was a, he he was a American Hockey League defenseman of the year. Really good minor league defenseman. Uh, I remember sitting with him in Peterborough watching Pronger, and Dennis leaned back to me and he goes, "This guy could play the game in a rocking chair, yeah. you know." And 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 that's and that's what Chris did. I mean, and he made it look. He passed the puck. He understood where the where the next play was, where the play after the next play was, and every other play read the game, etc. That's how Owen plays the game. He, you know, where it looks like he might be in trouble. Oh boy, he just made that outlet. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh boy, he just escaped that. And and it's not maybe you know with a with a quick skating move. It's it's with a six foot pass that he knows how to relieve pressure. But his command of the game. It's so significant. His hockey sense is outstanding in terms of reading the game, understanding, you know, what's unfolding on a defensive side, how to take advantage offensively. I mean, he was almost a point of game player mm-hmm. for the Chicago Steel and the USHL. And that, that is not an easy league to play in because they forecheck hard and it's a heavy game down low. And Owen Power meant every challenge. And you know, he, he's been committed to go to the university route. He, he would have been a high, high pick in the OHL if he would have chosen that route. But he's committed to going to Michigan. And, you know, and we talk about physical maturity. Once all that physical maturity, he's going to have even more of, a, of an impact on the game. Clear-cut, number one defenseman that controls the game in every regard. I had uh, the distinct pleasure of being able to watch Chris Pronger for that season in Edmonton. And uh, you wouldn't believe people were complaining because they thought he was lazy, but he was just such an efficient (laughs) skater. He wasn't, it didn't, you know, some, you know what a duck looks like underwater paddling like crazy. Right. And Pronger is just so effortless and controlled the game. And, and, and how you describe that is so, is so good to hear. Is this a guy that, is going to be a power play quarterback as well. I mean, you talked about a point of game in the USHL. Uh, this guy can control the game in his own end and and quarterback the power play as well. Well, here's what he's going to be. Okay, 
he, he's going to quarterback the uh, defensive zone play. He's going to quarterback the uh, neutral zone play. He's going to quarterback the offensive zone play, the power play, the <laughs> shorthanded situation, transition game, hard games, heavy games, skating games. Like he's like, like he's like to me, he's going to be a star number one defenseman in the National Hockey League. So, and and when you talk about Chris, it, it's amazing. Again, I'll go back to Peterborough. I remember in his draft year, two other scouts going, "Ah, this guy's so lame. He's not yeah. competitive." Now, I had the luxury. I've known Chris since he was like thirteen years old. Is my wife's aunt worked with uh, his father Jim in uh, Dryden, Ontario. So you know, watching you know, knowing about Sean and knowing Chris. So you know. Chris Pronger, like anybody that wanted to say that he was lazy yeah. or not competitive, give me a break. Yeah, yeah, you weren't paying attention if you thought that. But believe it or not, that you know, we talk about did he go end to end? Did he go rushing end to end? No, didn't have to. Could he? If he, but yeah, could he? Yeah. He did if he had to. But ask any player that ever played against Chris Pronger what it was like. I'll tell you. I hope I can tell this story quick. We were. We were in uh, Dallas, and Ken Hitchcock was our coach. Rick Wilson and Doug Jarvis uh, were our assistant coaches. And, uh, you know, we're, you know, Chris and St. Louis were, were a good team. And, you know, we were talking about playing against uh, Pronger and trying to get him uncomfortable. And, and Ken Hitchcock said, well, we got to get somebody to run him. we got to get somebody to – and I remember Rick Wilson just sitting back. He goes, yeah, exactly. Who is that going to be, Ken? Like, Chris Pronger knows who's after him before they know they're after him. <laughs> like, you know, like, so, you know, sometimes you just got to play a player straight up and you got to just say, this is what we're dealing with. This is how we're going to play against them because you're not going to ever unsettle a Chris right. Pronger. Yeah, like, and, and the idea that you could, you're delusional. Right. And, and, you know, Ken laugh and, you know, it's good to have that voice. Hey, listen, I know what we, what we would like to do. And it might work against a lot of defensemen. It was never going to work against him, right? So I think Owen Power is the same thing. Good luck. You, you better you better play him straight up because when the game starts, they're in it to win it. And you better come in with the same mentality or they're going to take full advantage of you. Great stuff as usual, Craig. Thanks for the time. And we'll chat next week. We will, Dean. Thanks. This is a serious message. Craig Button joins us on the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports Hotline. Become a scout and make money while providing prospects to the Ultimate Franchise Hockey League. What you talking about, mister? Pay that man his money. I'm your huckleberry. Check out the details at www.uffsports.com. It's serious. I like it a lot. I said we got a winner. UFFS, you own the game. That was a really fun chat. I'm really, really excited about the potential of Owen power uh, and going to a, a strong program at Michigan. Not sure uh, what's going on with the uh, fall season uh, when it comes to NCAA sports. I don't know if they're going to happen. Does hockey get pushed uh, forward? I'm not sure. Uh, does that mean he can go back and play in the with the Chicago Steel uh, of the USHL, depending on when their season is? Or is this a guy that looks and, you know, maybe jumps to the Ontario Hockey League uh, at some point? I'm not really sure what the situation is there but uh, anytime you're comparing it to chris pronger i get excited it was amazing watching that guy uh during the 06 season and particularly that stanley cup run uh so yeah good stuff in uh this week's 
uh, top shelf talent in particular and, and time machine where you got a couple of potential first overall picks. We know Lafreniere is going first overall. By the way, in the next little while, we'll bring you Craig's counsel uh, where Craig will give you some scouting tips. This will be especially important for those in the scouting program with the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports or for anyone who aspires to be a scout. Uh, Craig Button is a fountain of information and he loves to share it. He loves to help people. He loves to improve other people. That's one of the greatest qualities that he has. So if you have a specific question about scouting email me tracking the draft at gmail.com we'll add it to the list of topics uh, when we do craig's council we've had some good questions in already so keep them coming and uh, he will share what he knows and uh, pay it forward if you will that's basically what you want to do in life is you know there's no there's no point in having all the answers and keeping them to yourself i'm not saying craig has all the answers uh, but he has a lot of them Speaking of answers. Time to flex your brain and answer this draft-related trivia question. Well, we're waiting. You want answers? Pay attention now. So you're telling me there's a chance. Can you dig it? Hands up with answers. Thank you. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Yeah! So we gave you the trivia question earlier. The Rangers have drafted first overall once before 2020. How many NHL games did that player play? 1965, they took Andre Veu first overall. He played zero pro games. Now, this was different. Um, the NHL had moved the draft age, I believe, to 16 to 18. So there weren't a lot of players, apparently. I don't know why that doesn't make a lot of sense, but that's just what I read. So only 11 players were taken in the 1965 draft. Veu, who was the first overall player, played junior in Quebec, a little bit Ontario, uh, never made it pro, but he did play with two NHLers uh, on his way up, uh, either in uh, minor or junior. Andre Moose Dupont won a couple of cups with the Flyers, and Rene Robert, who played parts of 12 seasons and was the first Buffalo Saber to score 100 points. Huge. That's huge. huge. Indeed it was. That'll wrap things up for us on this show. Big thanks, of course, to Craig Button, the director of scouting at TSN, as usual, for bringing the passion, the knowledge, and everything else that he brings to the show. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, let us know uh, if you have a suggestion uh, for the show. Please subscribe and leave us a review. I uh, love to hear people's thoughts and I love to always try to improve the show. And to those of you who have reached out, uh, thank you so much uh, for your uh, feedback on the program already. If you'd like to get involved in the show as an advertiser, please reach out at trackingthedraft at gmail.com and check out other podcasts and our blog at podcastalley.ca. This has been Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. Stars of tomorrow are discovered here. We'll see you next week.